0: Tweet at SFM radio and at John Herrica
1: so as the Bulls ran on I'm having a bit of a go at commentators today uh, Benzito and I were commenting a little earlier but as the Bulls ran on against Griquiz the commentators said um, well the bulls will try and go past 50 points and keep, keep a clean sheet and a friend of mines tweeted why bother all right it's now bull zero Griquiz 10. 27 minutes into the match, the Bulls haven't scored a point yet, and the Griquas have been in charge. 10 points to nil, was lead the Bulls. You were there, sir. <laughs> Jake White. Can you imagine Jake? how happy Jake White is? LJ Fonseil joins us now. Hello, LJ. Hello, John. How
0: are
1: you? You're Hello, from Tux so you must be a so, Bulls supporter. Yes i am uh, definitely, but this uh oh, for me, it's boring it's a boring match
0: <laughs> so we actually we actually watched a, a, a documentary on Netflix about
1: uh global warming so uh, <laughs> it was way more exciting than the Bulls match oh that just, that's just it's a bit of a worry though hey that the start of super rugby, the bulls are playing against Griquas, and we're watching we're watching Richard Attenborough or something on t v that's okay. Yes, David. David, David, David Sorry, David Atmore yeah. is his brother. Uh, okay, we'll talk about the environment at another time. LJ. First of all, h- how are you? Uh, John, from the
0: last time, we spoke. A lot has changed. Um, I think William was born. My, my youngest. Uh, I think we we spoke just after Commonwealth Games in twenty middle twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, yeah. Uh, from then, I've got a, I've got a real job now. I'm working for the University of Pretoria yeah. for uh, of education as a lecturer. Um, I'm not. I'm running only three times a week, uh, <laughs> just for fun. I don't do not run a vet. <laughs> I've, I've lost that, but a lot many months ago. <laughs> but all over, I've, I've started almost like a new life. But mm. I'm still uh, partly in sports, uh, mostly on the on the academic side but all over
1: John, thanks i'm i'm very well uh, just pro- as proper introduction lj fonsall is a 400 meter hurdler you'll know him as well but also has set records in the 200 meter hurdles and in the 400 meters as well uh, it's interesting that you say that a whole new life for for moth i mean if you look back at your running days were you already looking to beyond your running career, or is, is do, you, do you see it as two separate things that kind of, uh-oh, what do I do now?
0: Uh, John yeah, that's actually one of my main motivations now with all my students. So in my running career, I always knew this is going to come in some time. So I studied B.Ed. at uh, Greencliff Campus at, at Texas. And then while I was still running, uh, 2011 12, I did my practical teaching, then I did my honors in education management, I did my master's in also, uh, education, and actually I'm doing you know, my second master's in uh, the German sports university. So, and I also applied for a PhD. So I, I always encourage all the, all the sports students that cannot only do sports.
1: Mm.
0: There's, you've got plenty of times, there's, from, from SA to Europe, you've got 10, 11 hours on a plane that you can read or study. <laughs> so I always try to encourage um, athletes or, or, or uh, sports persons to study in the hotel rooms, to, do at least something.
1: I imagine students will laugh at you when you say that because you know, sports these days is a 24-hour job. It is a
0: 24-hour job, John, but um, from this post-COVID era, there's, there's, there's definitely going to be less money in sports so you're not going to be bargaining on making bags in Europe especially athletics you've seen some of the smaller uh, let's call it uh, the third level meetings that disappeared there's simply not more money anymore so um, you need to start building on your second career while you're still running um, yeah, as I said the athletes plenty of time at night. Um, Stop your DSTV, stop your Netflix, (laughs) and do do something, uh, John. That's that's, that's, that's my motivation
1: now for for my students. Uh, I'm just having a look at your results. It's interesting. When did you say 2012, 2013, when you started studying uh, properly? Uh,
0: Properly, it was 2006. Oh, so you started that uh, early
1: already. Okay. Yeah,
0: we we, we returned from Commonwealth Games, which uh, was in Melbourne. I oh. won. And actually, well, then I was on, kind of on my peak. Yes. And then I got back. And I actually remember, there's a professor, uh, Jonathan Johnson. He actually called um, some of the uh, people I know and said, this guy needs to come and study because the first one and a half year after school, I was not sure what I'm going to do. I was I thought I'm going to be the the next, Olympic champ and uh, only oh, want to these sports, sports, sports. And then I started, and then I, I started kind of enjoying the, the, the education environment.
1: The feeder system for sports people in South Africa does that encourage the education, and, and I'm not not necessarily athletics, but also football and rugby. You know a lot of the kids these days are sort of taken into franchises straight out of high school.
0: That's one of one of the headaches. Um, so actually, um, one of the courses I'm working on is, is a, it's, it's a fully remote course, uh, an online course. They only have classes uh, once a week. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a hybrid model, mm-hmm. but there's there's other institutions as well. Um, we, we spoke about bulls earlier. We've got so good the that I with with bulls rugby. If some of the students can still do something at least and also play for the university and and, and make space for the academic career.
1: Yeah, you almost want to do it to the way American football does it. And we've spoken about, I've spoken about this on, on the sports show a lot. Is we've got the varsity rugby. It should almost be like a rule that if you want to play franchise rugby, you have to come out of varsity rugby. So it should be a thing. It should be a pathway,
0: right? Definitely. Um, so, yeah, so, so ideally the, the guys come out of school, they play in a varsity or beyond-gun system, and from there they go into the franchise.
1: Oh.
0: Um, yes, and then they, they have the, like the NCAA rules. Then they have some sort of qualification to fall back on mm. afterwards. Mm. Uh,
1: let's talk about athletics. What's the state of athletics in South Africa, el and Sal? So, John, last week, I don't know if you've seen it, we've got two world records. Uh, in the 10,000
0: men, Joshua mm-hmm. kept the guy. And also in the women's 5,000 uh, Gidei from Ethiopia. Uh, some in, in this isolation period, two world records in about an hour and a half ago. Sif and our son also ran uh, the 10,000 uh, European record, popular rest, uh, records also down. Huh. Uh so now in England. So it seems like the uh, relics at the moment, is, is the quality is really high. Mm. Yeah, especially Carson Wallum. He's a machine at the moment. He's <laughs> he's, he's t- the world record in the race. He's starting, uh, but I think if the season is over, he's going to focus only on Tokyo for next year.
1: How? I mean, I'm sure you you speak to the athletes and you know what's going on. How has that move affected the the high performance, the the Olympic the Olympic winners and possible you know, medalists? Has that completely ruined the training, or is, this, is there a way to overcome that quite quickly?
0: I think, John, uh, athletes need to look at it. It's this race period, all the levels of lockdown we had. I think the athletes must take it also as a as a, a race period to extend their careers. Athletes cannot run every season right. from February March to till, till September. Year in, year out. I've, I've, I did it. I'm one of the luckiest ones. I got away with it. But it's not necessary for everybody. So this year, take it as a breather, so busy, a regroup again, work on the small areas technique-wise, yeah. fitness or whatever, come back next year February, March, do the qualification again and have a, a good Olympic game. So this is maybe it can be a, a, some sort of relief and a investment in the own careers
1: john yeah i was talking to a, a protea archer uh yesterday and she was saying you know she was she she was she missed in the last qualifying she missed by 2 points but there is now another qualifying for the olympic games and she knows what she did wrong she knows how to correct it and she knows she can find those 2 points again and you know she she's seen it as a positive instead of throwing her hands up going oh well i missed out Yeah, you know, it, it's well
0: it's 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 all this we can we we can actually be fortunate that they extended the Olympics with one year. Mm. Another option, and that's one of our conversations with my uh, my studies when I was in was when I was in Germany. I'm doing a master in UK, a master in uh, Olympic studies. Mm. And this February March, there was conversation. They w- wanted to cancel it straight away because of all the money in that they pumped into the uh, Olympics. Mm. So it's a second opportunity, and and I think um, I think m- must make it count.
1: Uh, <laughs> my producer, in my head is saying you've just ruined the whole image of of uh, athletes being the people that don't exceed at school. You know, you you always think of the jocks and the nerds, LJ. You've ruined it by doing all these masters and things.
0: Well, John, actually, I, if you ask me the same question, what five or six years ago, I said, John, you're, you're <laughs> crazy. But actually John, I'm studying something that I that I enjoy. Right. And it's the one place um of one of the places in the world where you can make a difference in the next generation. Not mm. some some athletes that go into coaching, but I'm going into the academic side, I'm teaching in physical education, coaching professionalism, uh, sports practical and by the way one of my subjects for one of the uh modules is athletics. Oh, okay. Uh track <laughs> events. Yeah and whats what's the odds and now I'm, I'm making a difference i'm I'm teaching them skill that they can use mm, someday yeah.
1: so are you teaching teachers
0: uh yes okay so I'm, I'm with high certificate students and then
1: have we lost have we lost LJ? Oh, he seems to have lost that line. It was—it was fighting a little bit. Uh, so, LJ Fonsel is my guest, former 400 meter hurdle athlete, three-time Olympian. Uh, he's also—I I was just having a look at his record. LJ, are you, LJ, are you back? Yes, Tom, Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm just having a look at your speeds here. Your fastest 400 meter hurdles is it 2011, 47.66? Yes, 47.66. Uh, Twenty twenty-five. Eight, and it was here yeah, at, at the
0: Texas Stadium. And then I repeated the same time yes. six weeks later in, in in Ostrava, in Czech Republic. So what what is the what is the odds? <laughs> yeah, that was that was my it, it was my golden year. And that same year, um, I got a bronze medal at the World Championships. Yeah.
1: Uh first when you were a junior you were in Commonwealth Games you got the first uh, in in Australia as you said uh all Africa games you dominated for, uh, for many years uh, do do you see that changing are, are we seeing some great african athletes maybe challenging in the 400 hurdles now uh
0: John at the moment, the, we, we had two Kenyans that, that ran 47 since so Nicolas unfortunately, he, he passed away last year, and then Boniface Machel. But they, they, they've been seeing the last uh, year, year and a half. Um, but at the moment, it's uh, on the scene, it's, as I said, Carson Waterloo, War- and then there's, there's a guy, Rye Benjamin. Mm. Earlier this year, he ran 10 03 in a flat under. And then uh, Kieran McMaster, that's that's a guy that's running 46 and below at the moment.
1: We've got great middle and long-distance African athletes. Um, Surely we should have more sprinters. When you look at the heritage, the American sprinters, Jamaican sprinters, they've all got African heritage. Should we have more sprinters and 400 runners coming from Africa on the world stage? John, at the moment, we've, we actually have
0: Akane Sumbine, He's, he's yeah. probably top notch. Let's put five, six guys that's, that's close to sub 10, but definitely, as you said, we need more. We From South Africa alone, we need at least 10 sub 10 uh, uh, guys oh. and and five, six guys that come down 45 and low in the 400, and also middle distance.
1: Yeah, our, our women seem fantastic, but we seem to have this loss in men. Uh, and, and just to finish off, I'm just having a look at the the current world record. That's what I was alluding to earlier. Forty, are forty-seven point six six. When you look at the current record, forty-six point seven eight. It's it's not that far off. In athletic terms, it's, 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 <laughs> on paper it seems easy, but in athletics terms,
0: it's, it's it's a few meters. It's less than a second, uh, but. Yeah, it's it's less than a second but it's it's, it's still far. That's about what, four or five meters on a four hundred. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so but yeah, that's that's it. So my um so my take uh, that Carson Warlum, right Benjamin, or uh Samba, that's that's uh, from, from Qatar oh. that world record from 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 Kevin Young will be will be gone uh less than a year from now. <laughs>
1: What is, and I'm going to ask it. I know it sounds stupid, and people are going to listen to me on the radio and go, "Come on, John, it's obvious." But why are people running faster, jumping longer, jumping higher? Yeah,
0: it's. I think technology, and also coaching, coaching methods. Uh, yeah, actually, we don't know. Um, I wish I wish I had this answer five, six years or three years ago. Uh. But I think the, coach, the coaching methods. Um, if, I, if I can look, if I, if I can take this Carson Warlong, for example, he started off. I, I, actually, I was in the race when he first broke 49 seconds. Mm. So he, his technique improved, his his whole physique improved. Uh, he cut down a lot on his training. He, he trained way more smart than three, four years ago. Now, it's, right. now he's changing the world record. So I think. Technology and and coaching methods
1: plays a huge role. Yeah, now that I think about it, I guess with with the video you can see how you're going over the hurdles to the frame, and every little bit helps. Eventually, as you said, four meters is the difference between a world record and and your time. Yes. Uh, okay, let's wrap it up. First of all, what's yvette what's Ivet doing at the moment? She's training like,
0: like a machine as always. She's yeah. preparing to run a, 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 a first half marathon early next year. Yeah. And then sometimes early, also early next year marathon. She took the, the year complete off, get over and goes, get focused get, uh, get again. And she's, uh, she's psyched for next year.
1: Is she's getting back into the marathons again?
0: Yes, that's, oh.
1: that's the plan, John. LJ, good luck to you, and thanks very much for chatting to us. Good luck with all your masters and all your doctorates and all those things, and uh, just, just keep teaching those teachers. Thanks, John. LJ Fonsell, former 400-meter hurdle athlete, joining us here on SAFM. Uh, it's wonderful to hear about a career that moves on. Many times you just hear about athletes and they sort of fade away. Uh, but, yeah, good news. And Van Sale, as you heard, uh, completing the Marathon 2012 Olympics. She didn't finish the race, but she's twice taken on the London Marathon. 231.26 in 2013 was her fastest